Hello, 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 everyone. This is Kristen Jackson, your host for this killer podcast, Kristen Conquers, where we talk all things personal development, growth in business, and also general positivity. Whenever you get value out of the episodes, please screenshot it, post it to your stories, and make sure you tag me at Kristen Conquers. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-S. That is my tagline across all social media. Also, I'd super appreciate it when you get value out of my episode, if you would take a moment to leave a five-star review. That is how we boost the episode and share it to all of the people. All right, all right, all right, let's go. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. I just finished recording this interview with Cindy Smith. And I want you to make sure that you have pen and paper ready to take notes and that you listen to all she has to say. It's going to be a very helpful, very informational podcast for you this week. Please make sure you take a picture and post it in your stories. You can tag me at Kristen Conkers and you can tag Sydney at the real queen Sid and those will both be in the show notes. Welcome everybody to the Kristen Conkers podcast. This episode I am super excited for because I have my mentor and friend and amazing leader, car earning champion from our company on the podcast with me. Please help me welcome Sydney Smith, the host of the Real Queen Sid podcast to the episode today. (laughs) Ah, Thank you so much. So first off, I'd love for you to um, kind of just like share your story with the audience today so they know a little bit about you. Uh, okay. Um, so I am, wow, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> this could get long-winded, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, um, it's just the pertinent part. Like I, I've heard your, your story before. I've heard you tell it before, so I know. Okay. So I, um, I have been in, well, let's go back about five years. So about five, oh, it's been six years now. It's about six years ago. Um, I was probably in the darkest place that I've ever been in in my entire life. I was uh, addicted to drugs. I was living in my drug dealers, like in a, and we called it the trap house. You can't see, I'm making air quotes, but the trap house. Um, and I lived with my drug dealer and I was just, um, horrible to my, myself. I was horrible to my mind. I was horrible to my body. And, um, I met somebody very special to me, very instrumental in my life. Um, and we, him and I, uh, started dating and long story short, uh, about two years after that, I got sober, um, uh, per his request. And, (laughs) um, it was, it, I started trying to get sober because he asked me to, and I ended up getting sober because I started in network marketing. Um, and I don't think that's a lot of people's story. I think a lot of people go and do um, NA and all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, that wasn't that wasn't my story. I just, I didn't resonate with that. And so when I 
joined network marketing, I finally was surrounded by a team of people that um, respected me and looked up to me and were really like, they believed in me in a way that I didn't know how to believe in myself. And um, I was on a Zoom earlier and somebody was talking about borrowed belief. And so um, I have been borrowing belief for a very long time um, from everybody else. And so that's what really um, catapulted my sobriety was network marketing in general. Um, and then about a year after that, we, uh, something happened with our network marketing team and um, we ended up kind of out on the streets. Um, my, my leader got terminated and um, I knew something was wrong. And so at, by this point, I was about a year into my sobriety. I was miserable. Uh, to be totally honest with you, I had no energy. I had no drive. I had no, I had a lack of motivation. I had this darkness that just like weighed on my chest. Um, and at that point, um, ketones found me, um, and ketones found my leader. And, uh, so we, uh, you know, this isn't a product testimonial, but like, or it's not a product uh, story, but um, all I can say is that that is what created Sydney 2.0, which is what you see now. It's Sydney with, that is a light in people's life and Sydney that is a leader and a mentor and um, has drive and wants to do things in life. And just like, it really gave me a second chance because I thought that I thought that because of my addiction and because of the chronic drug use that I was going to be stuck in this negative dark cycle for the rest of my life. And I thought that, that was just kind of my, my punishment. Um, and so network marketing changed my life. And then moving forward after that, um, this product changed my life that, so now that's why I sell it. That's why I built a team. That's why, um, that's why I do what I do. Um, because I want to help change people's lives as well. Yeah. So. I mean, I found you kind of somewhere in the middle of there. <laughs> and, uh, I think, I think that that was the right timing because I needed, I think, I think, like I said in my post that, um, I posted on the socials a couple of days ago, I needed to see that transformation in you to be able to see that it was something that was possible for me too. I love so, that. Um, why did you start sharing your story so openly with people? Ooh, ooh, um, that's a good question. So, um, it's no secret that being an addict is looked down on. Like, it's no secret that people think that we are, you know, I'm using air quotes again, but junkies and um, that we are bad people as a whole. Um, and really like, if you ask any addict, if you ask any, you know, junkie, like why are they where they are? It's a story of heartbreak. It's a story of darkness. It's a story of feeling like you can't, like you have no other options, right? It's a story of it's, I say this all the time. Like I, I remember I heard this at um, a GoPro event years ago, but somebody has said, everybody has a story that'll bring you to your knees if you just listen long enough. And that stuck with me so hard because that was before I was sharing my story. That was before I had even accepted myself the word, you know, the, um, the title addict. Um, and so when he said that, I was like, oh, wow. And um, so I remember the very first post that I made where I was, you know, telling everybody that I was an addict and that I was in recovery and it got such 
massive feedback, like positive feedback that I was like, oh, like I can actually share this and like make a difference. Um, and so I started, you know, I don't even remember. I do remember I was at a company event um, with uh, some of my closest friends, some of the top leaders in our company. I was with um, Ash Miller and Brittany Anderson and Jesse Lee Ward. They're all big names in the, in the industry, especially in our company. Um, and uh, I shared with them for the first time, I was like, I'm, I, I have a drug problem or I had a drug problem. Um, and they were like, why have you never shared that? And I was like, because that's embarrassing. Like who wants to share? I lost myself to drugs. Like who wants to share that? Nobody. Um, but I realized that there was so much power in my pain um, that was going to help so many other people. So I made it my mission to uh, help change the stigma uh, against addicts by sharing my story and by sharing my success and by sharing that. And then um, when I uh, came out over the summer. So I came out uh, as a lesbian over the summer. Uh, once I realized the impact that that could have on um, the LGBT community, like I knew I had a platform. I knew because at this point I had been sharing my addict story for so long. I had been sharing how that had made a difference. And I knew that I was making a difference in other people's lives. Um, right. I decided to try to use that platform as well to make an impact in the LGBTQ community as well. So really it's those two um, titles that I hold really dear to my heart um, that really um, explain me and describe me are like, I want to impact those two communities. And so that's why I got so vulnerable with sharing my story. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what would you say has been your biggest experience since you started sharing your story so publicly? Like, I think a lot of people are afraid to share their story because they're afraid of what happens when they tell people their story. I'm going to tell you about Nathan. Um, so Nathan, I'll be beat back it up a little bit. Um, in March of was that March? Yeah, March of 2019. Um, I was about to leave for a um, for a team event. Um, it was going to be my first event speaking on stage. We were supposed to, I was supposed to speak in front of 500 people, and I had been asked to share the topic of how to share your story. Um, and the day before I was supposed to leave, literally 24 hours before my flight was supposed to take off, um, my five-year relationship ended. Uh, I was forced to move out of my house within 24 hours, pack my bags, get everything out, um, and then pack my bags and get on a flight to Nashville to spend a, a week in Nashville. And so I got to Nashville and I didn't tell a soul. I didn't tell anybody, like literally not even my best friend until we got there. Um, and I remember that was probably the rawest I have ever been, but also I knew that I needed to show up for everybody that showed up at that event. Like there was 500 people there counting on me to be, to be the leader. Right. And so I kind of put all of my stuff on the back burner, which is probably the biggest blessing in disguise that has ever happened for me. Um, but I put everything on the back burner and just was like, all right, I got to sit down. I got to do this. I got to get through this weekend. Like I just gotta, I just gotta get through this weekend and I'll be good. Like I'll be Gucci. Um, and so I got on stage. It was like day two of the event. I got on stage and I got up and I told my story, um, about how I was an addict and how, you know, this company, this, uh, 
this industry had changed my life and um, I, you know, stood there and told 500 people I was an addict, which is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done. I've gotten on live and done it. I've done it on Facebook. I've probably told thousands and thousands of people, but standing in front of 500 people where I know there are people in that room that are looking at me, even though I'm standing right in front of them and saying, oh, that's disgusting. What a junkie. I know there are people in that room saying that and that's fine. But what made it all worth it? Long story short, what made it all worth it was, was Nathan. Um, so the next day after I had told my, after I had spoken on stage, we were opening the event for the third and final day. And maybe it was, no, it was four days long. So it was the third day. Um, and we were dancing. We have a dance party in the morning. We started the morning off of the dance party and my best friend found me in the room. and was like, I, you need to go out to the hallway. There's somebody out there that needs to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And uh, so I walked out to the hallway and there is this, there is this man standing there. He was so skinny at the time. Um, and he was dripping he was drenched in sweat. Like literally his whole shirt was soaked. His face was soaked. And, um, I said, Hey, what's up? And he goes, uh, my name's Nathan. And I said, hi, Nathan, how are you? And he's like, I just needed to tell you that I have been, um, using drugs since, you know, for the past 10 years, since I was 15 years old. Right. Um, and, um, I never wanted to get sober. And he's like, my wife and I have been fighting nonstop recently. I really, I thought our marriage was going to end. I never wanted to get sober. I had no desire to get sober. And I didn't even know why I was here. And he's like, I came all the way from Canada to be here to support my wife, even though I didn't want to. And the whole time I've been sitting here saying, why the hell am I here? And um, I, and he said, and then you got on stage and you told your story. And I will, like, I'm going to get sober. And he's like, I'm detoxing right now, which is why he was drenched in sweat. If you, if you were at that event, you know, that man played full out all weekend, even though he was detoxing off drugs, nobody knew. Right. And so he's, he's detoxing all weekend. And he said, thank you so much. And at this point he has, you know, that was over a year ago. So he's been sober for over a year now. And that is just like, whenever I think about not sharing my story or whenever I think about relapsing, which it, it happens to everybody that struggles with addiction. Um, I think about Nathan and I think about the impact of that I know I made on him and that he made right back on me. And so that's probably the biggest impact that's happened since, uh, you know, starting to share my story. That, like I have literal chills. That's such a good story. I love it every time you tell it. <laughs> and I, loved, I got to see Nathan at last Empire U, which is like six months after that first one. And he looked so good, so happy and so healthy. He looks so healthy, I know. And when I spoke on, so then I got to speak on stage at that event the second time. And I walk out on stage again, I'm supposed to be telling my story. I walk out on stage and Nathan is sitting front and center. And I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the last question I have for you is, were you ever scared to tell your story? Every day. Every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to put this in words. Um, every, yeah, every day. I mean, there, my parents found out about my drug addiction from a Facebook post because I don't, I feel a lot of feelings. Um, I 
but I don't know how to talk about them. So like my parents found out about my drug addiction on Facebook um, because I didn't know how to tell them. And it's easier for me to open up and be honest with complete strangers because if they don't like me or they don't um, like my story, I can just block them, right? So um, sharing that for the first time on my Facebook was probably the scariest thing ever. Um, especially because I knew that's how my parents were going to find out. And, um, my dad found out that I came out, um, from a Facebook post because I didn't know how to tell him. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've always been scared to share my story. I've always thought that it was, um, reckless, not reckless. It's just, yeah, I've always been scared to share my, my story and, but every time I do it, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like every time I do it, somebody messages me and is like, thank you for that post. Thank you for saying what you said. Thank you for sharing your story. And, um, especially as I am exploring more into the LGBTQ community, like I am realizing how important it is to put my ego aside because that's all it is, right? When you're scared of sharing your story, it's, it's ego. You're scared of getting rejected. You're scared of people not liking you it's ego. It's not anything else. Right. And so I have been, um, I did a podcast interview with, um, somebody that is really big in the LGBTQ, um, advocate, advocate space. Um, and she told me to watch this documentary on Netflix. It's called pose. It's about like the early transgender LGBTQ, um, black community. And, that documentary opened my eyes so much to like our, my community's history. And it's just every time I learn a little bit more about addicts or I learn a little bit more about the community, the, the LGBTQ community, like I understand more of the voice that I was put on this earth to have for the community. And so, like I said, it's, it's about putting your ego aside and understanding that it's not about you. Sharing my story has never been about me it makes me very uncomfortable when people message me and, you know, tell me to keep going or I'm so proud of you or whatever. Like I love the messages. The messages that I love are the ones that come in of people telling me their story and people telling me how like, like what I said impacted them and their life. Like I, I don't like the, Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, like pat on the back. Like I hate it. It makes me want to puke, but like Hashtag the people, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the people that, that come into my, into my inbox and tell me their story be, that has been impacted by me, that is what I do it for. That's powerful. I think the thing that was most powerful in what you just said is that telling your story is not about you. It's like you have to put your ego aside. It's about all the other people that need to hear somebody else tell the same story that they're living. So, yeah. I think that's something that I remember a lot. Like, I think a lot of people think that like, like my story is a lot, right? Like not everybody has experienced addiction. Not everybody has experienced coming out at 25. Not everybody has experienced, like some people think that they have a, you know, they grew up in a white middle-class family. Their parents are still together. Like they're like, oh, I haven't struggled. Like I don't have any hardships. I don't have a story. Like everybody has a story and it's just like we forget how far we've come because you are living it. Like it's your story. You're in it. You know it every day. And there are people 
right now in this moment that are where I was five years ago when I couldn't get so, well, I guess six years ago when I, five years ago, irrelevant, when I couldn't get sober. Like there are people that are at your starting point that need your story. They need to know that it's possible that they can do it too. Absolutely. So thank you for all of that. And just kind of to wrap things up, if you could share like your one most impactful business tip with the audience, what would it be? Um, the biggest thing that I can say is share your story again and 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 again. And I'm going to keep saying again to annoy the crap out of you because you're going to get annoyed with your story. I want you to share your story so many ways, so many times, so many different pieces over and over and over and over and over again until you are annoyed with your story, until you're bored with your story. Because there are people that follow me on social media right now right this second, like even right now that don't know I'm an addict because I haven't told my story recently, right? Like you're, you're, you're growing a following, you're making an impact every single day. And so if you stop telling your story, if you assume that everybody on your Facebook knows your story, or you assume that everybody on your podcast knows your story or that everybody on your Instagram or your TikTok or whatever knows your story, you are doing a disservice to your community because they don't, they don't know your story. Not everybody has seen your posts. Not everybody watches live videos. If you've only told your story on a live video, what about all the people that only read posts? Or what about the people that only scroll through um, their stories? So yeah, you have to do it over and over and over again and again in 25 different ways. That's a great, great tip. I love that. Well, I want to just thank you so, so much for being the first guest on my podcast. I'm so excited for people to get to hear this interview and I super duper appreciate you. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much for, I'm literally, I'm so honored that you asked me to be your first guest. It's like, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. And um, so I appreciate you so much and um, I love you. All right, everybody. If you gained value from this for any reason, like I can't imagine how you could possibly not gain value from this episode. Um, please take a screenshot of the podcast and put it in your stories. You can tag me at Kristen Conkers. Um, that is me across all social media. You can tag Sydney. She is at the real queen Sid. And I will put those tags both in the show notes. I'm so, so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. And I hope that you have a great day.